Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. I wanted to go back to basics with all my episodes of this podcast. And so we're going to go right back to the start. And I wanted to do a small series which shines a spotlight on the sort of benefits, pros, cons of some of my favorite long form content marketing platforms. I'm going to kick that off today with blogging. Next week, we'll be talking about podcasting. And then the week after, I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I've done with someone about email marketing because she is a lot more experienced with me when it comes to email marketing. So I hope you'll enjoy this series. And like I said, it's very much totally back to basics. It might be a refresher for you if you've listened for a long time. Or, you know, it might just be bringing a different perspective to why you might use one of these platforms for your marketing. So feel free to skip if you feel like this is, you know, too much basic information, but otherwise grab a cup of tea, let's settle in and let's talk about blogging. I started blogging 10 years ago, which is just madness really to think that I've been blogging that long and I fully admit I had no idea what I was doing when I started. So blogging was very very different when I started in 2012. So I was at uni, I gave it about two seconds thought and started a free WordPress blog so I could review books like a lot of the people that I sort of knew through the Goodreads community were doing. And one thing led to another. I met other bookish people, eventually met my lovely best friend, Caitlin, and started a podcast and just took blogging more and more seriously the more that I learned about it. And then decided when we moved to the UK that I wanted to turn that knowledge into a business and here we are. So my journey with blogging has obviously been very, very long. It's been a long evolution and I've noticed a lot of changes over the years. And I think something that often pops up, and if you Google it, there there are lots of articles about this asking this very same question, is blogging dead? I think there's this perception that we're done with blogging because blogging on Tumblr isn't really a thing anymore. And, you know, we're all moving to Instagram. We're using Reels. We're using TikTok. There's this perception that blogging is done and dusted. And the short answer is 
it's not. Blogging is not dead, but it has evolved immensely in the 10 years I've been doing it. And, you know, even just since social media became a really popular place to market, I think it's really, really changed. The biggest thing that I've noticed and you may have noticed this too, is that I don't think blogging is a space where you can really build this huge following as a personality the way that you could say five, 10 years ago. You know, I would love to hear your reminiscing about, you know, the blogs that you maybe used to visit. Uh, But, you know, there are definitely people who started lifestyle blogs it was more of like a personal journal sort of thing, just sharing what they were doing, um, outfits, lifestyle, travel, all that sort of thing. And they sort of grew a presence in a community based on their blogs, a bit like an online magazine. I don't see it being that space anymore, but I think that blogging is still hugely relevant and really powerful for us as small business owners when we want to build a brand and it's still an insanely useful long-term marketing strategy. So the big shift, I think, is rather than that, you know, sort of personal diary space, I think that's social media has replaced that. And we're talking more about Instagram influencers and people who are finding that following through social media first, rather than maybe 10 years ago when they did that through a blog. So I sort of think of blogging now more as a space to answer specific questions or find information rather than that like sort of virtual magazine. Podcasts have actually replaced that sort of personal virtual magazine for me, I guess, in that there are a select few podcasts that I will listen to every week because I love the personality of the hosts. I like the topics that they cover. And I guess it wouldn't really matter what they covered. I would probably listen. And I think that's, you know, 10 years ago, maybe how we approached certain blogs as, you know, a place, a destination where we would go and read their articles because we liked their tone. We liked what they covered. Whereas now I think it's more, especially when I find blogs through search is more to answer a specific question, read a specific article. I'm not as likely to, you know, go back and check someone's website the way that I would a magazine, if that makes sense. But as I say, it's still hugely popular for marketing a business. So I want to dive into three of the main ways that you can use blogging to build your brand. Number one, you can grow your audience through search. Now, this is not the time for me to explain exactly in detail what search engine optimization is. I do want to cover that in a future episode, but let me just give you the basic rundown When you publish a new blog post, you effectively add a page to your website. Google then sort of virtually files that page away in a process called indexing. And having more good quality indexed pages means that your site is more likely to rank higher in a Google search. So your site is also rating for things like keywords. So when I type in how to quickly edit a podcast, Google will go through that virtual index 
and pull up the web pages that are gonna most accurately answer my question. So that's a basic overview of how you can get found through search. So it's a super, super, super long-term strategy, but it really can help people find your brand. The key here is to remember that the people who find you through search are most likely going to be doing so because they are looking for a solution to a problem. So the example I just gave was how can I quickly edit a podcast? I would type that into Google and then expect to find an answer that told me how can I quickly edit a podcast? People want quick wins and they want information. They're not necessarily going to be searching for your brand name, for example. If you sell products, they might be searching for something related to that. For example, they might search handcrafted soy candles or cute illustrated cards for Mother's Day. They want to find a solution to that problem. Something to think about here with growing your audience research is that the type of blog posts which have the potential to rank well will be slightly different to those that build relationships. And I do, again, want to cover that in more depth in another episode because there's some slight tweaks that you can make. But overall, know that you can grow your audience through search because of the blog post that you're putting out. Number two, you can use a blog to build trust and relationships with potential clients. So sharing valuable blog content helps give people a bit of a taste of what it's like to work with you for service-based businesses or show them how they can use your product in their life to enhance their life in some way. Ideally, it's bringing visitors to your website one step closer to becoming paying clients. So again, I want to go through the types of content in more depth, but you've got content that answers a question that people find through search, but you've also got to think about blogs as sort of some some way that people can interact with you when they find your shop front online, as if they were walking into a physical store. So they've gone to your Instagram bio, they've clicked the link, they land on your beautiful website and they have a look around at products, but they're not really convinced. And if they were in a shop, they might ask a few questions of you. If you were behind the counter, like, what do you use to make this? How can I use this in my home? Things like that. The blog posts in this sense are that conversation with them saying, hey, here's five ways that you could use our amazing product to enhance your life every day for example. Obviously, you would be much more specific than that. But it's about giving people somewhere to go to build that relationship because it's very unlikely that people are going to land on your website and immediately want to buy. Just think about how you buy things in your life. I'm sure that that doesn't frequently happen where you will make a very, very quick decision to buy the first time that you land on a website. You want to have a look around. You want to look at their products. You want to see how you can use those products, how they work with things that you already own, or how you can use their services, how their services could better enhance your life. Within those blog posts as well, this is the start of the relationship and trust thing, is that you can sort of infuse your personality and your values in the way that you write and the topics that you discuss in your blog. And It's that sort of 
signal to people of whether you're the right fit for them or the wrong fit, which can be just as powerful, weeding out those people who are not the people that we want to work with. Yes, you can connect with people on social media, but if you think of that as like the first step on the journey, that's just like one component of building that deeper relationship with a client. Your personal brand will be evident in the blog posts that you write about and in the writing itself. And it allows you to really get into more detail about your why for business, your values and your processes than you can in a quick social media post. And over time, again, long, long process, but each blog post sort of adds up together to create this really full picture of you and your business. And that can be so, so powerful. Again, updating your website with these pages increases your chance of new people finding you through search. So when you put genuine value, you base your blog posts on real problems that your people are facing. It'll be really easy for people who come to your website to see why you're the best choice for them to work with or to buy from. And I think this is even more important. It's it's useful for any product or service-based business, but it's especially important when you're selling a really high value service like coaching that, that maybe is a big monetary investment or where your service requires a lot of trust. So I'm thinking things like health or finance where that risk of loss feels quite great and you really want to trust that the person that you're giving money to and booking in with knows what they're doing and will approach things in the right way. You really want to be able to trust them and those blog posts can build that trust so much more than a few social media posts. But speaking of social media posts, that brings me to point number three. The third way that a blog can help you grow your brand is it gives you this bank of content that you can really easily repurpose across social media and also use to sort of streamline your onboarding process or answer questions from potential clients. So I'm sure you can tell by now that blogging for business takes time. But I think it also saves you time because once you've published that blog post, There are endless ways you can take that content and repurpose it for posts on social media. You can create dozens of tweets. If you're still using Twitter, you can create Pinterest pins. You can turn those into reels. You can turn them into Instagram carousels. And there's just so many possibilities. If this is something that you sort of feel a bit stuck with or you struggle with, this is absolutely something I can help you with as well. And I'm looking to add some repurposing services for those of you who just want to get that goodness without having to do all the work yourself. So stay tuned for those. But basically, whenever I feel stuck for what to post on Instagram, I always go back to old blog posts and you can do the same, especially if you've built up a really big catalog of blog posts, it's really easy to look for a few paragraphs that you can rewrite into a caption or a a carousel, or that you can say to camera as an easy reel. The strategy isn't easy per se, because you've, you've obviously got to write good quality posts in the first place, but it's undoubtedly more streamlined and I think less stressful than trying to reinvent the wheel every time you want to make a social media post. Now, the other thing I love about blog posts is you can use that content to answer frequent questions and share those posts with clients when you onboard them 
or when they inquire and book a discovery call, if you have a few things that give an insight into your main packages, for example, that could be a great place to share with them so that they're fully prepared for that conversation that they're going to have with you potentially before they become a client. So a great example of this is Ellie from elliloriean.co. She did my gorgeous branding photos. And what I really loved about the way she used her blogs is once I'd booked in the session, she sent me an email helping me prepare for our session together. And what she did is linked, I think maybe five or six different blog posts that covered things like how to choose what outfits you're going to wear, why there's no negative self-talk on her photo shoots, and just generally how to prepare for the day. Now, If I were to be looking for a personal branding photographer and I stumbled upon those, that would be really helpful information no matter who I was going to book. But then she's repurposed those to share with her clients so that they feel super prepared ahead of the day. And it means that she's not having to answer all those same questions again and again and again. She can just direct them to the blog post with some links in her email that welcomes people in and confirms the sessions. And I absolutely love that. It's again, just streamlines the process and means that you're not answering the same things over and over again or writing the same things over and over again. It makes business a little bit easier. So some things to consider though, when we're talking about blogging, the first is that you do need to commit a lot of time to blogging, to do it right and to see good results. And This applies to any content marketing. So I am going to sound like a broken record because it's going to come up again and again in my content spotlight series. You need to commit time to this. So the downside of blogging is that you won't see audience growth right away. You're not going to get those immediate results. You're not going to get the dopamine hit like you do on Instagram. But on the plus side, it really builds over time. So the more that you publish consistently and the more that you work on incorporating SEO elements, tweaking things and optimizing for the best results, you'll slowly start to see that traffic grow and grow and grow. And it acts a bit like a snowball, like the more that you publish and the more that you keep consistently doing things, you're going to see that effort start to be repaid. For me, this is more sustainable than Instagram because you can switch off. You can stop publishing for a little while if you need to, and you won't get, I guess, punished in the way of losing engagement or feeling like no one's seeing your stuff anymore. Because once you've started getting that ball rolling on the content and you're getting that ball rolling on your blog posts and people coming in, you'll find that it slowly starts to build. And really you can step back and you'll still be getting people come in. Yes, it might not be as much as if you're consistently posting all the time, but it does allow you to still get website traffic over time, you know, a year, two years after you've published, still get traffic. And, you know, if you've optimized that well, if you've included links to your email sign up, you will still get people trickling onto your email list, even when you're not actively marketing. That's certainly been the experience for me with a couple of blog posts before I switched my website and everything with the rebrand, I was still getting consistent signups to my email list from one or two old posts. Now, it wasn't the best example because those weren't really 
where I am now in business, but it's an example that you can step back and just tweak a few things and you will still see results. So something to sort of back that up is from the HubSpot marketing team. So I find HubSpot a really useful resource for a lot of content marketing things. And the HubSpot team found that most of their blog generated leads are coming from those older posts. So it's really that idea that, you know, where Instagram posts may sort of vanish and drop out of our feed after a few days, you're actually getting the opposite effect with blogs where the longer you have them up, the better. So another thing that the HubSpot team point out is that when you pay for an ad through Google, for example, to generate traffic to your website, once you stop that spend, you stop getting traffic to your website. Whereas organic traffic, traffic that comes for free through search engine optimization, because your content is really useful, that is quite self-sustaining. After you've put it in the time and the effort to create that blog post, it will continue delivering. So that really goes to show that it is worth the time and effort, but it does take a lot of time. So the other thing that you probably need to consider when you're thinking about blogging is that you do need some strategy to get the best benefits. And again, going to sound like a broken record because this is probably the same for all elements of the content spotlight series. But in terms of blogging specifically, it does need to relate somehow to your brand um, and to to your business and your values. You can't just post random things like what you ate for lunch like that's just not going to cut it in 2022 but this is absolutely fine if you are open and prepared to learn as you go I would say start now even if you don't really know what SEO is and you feel a bit confused I would still say you can start your blog but dedicate some time to slowly learning about those things you know whether that's listening to this podcast whether that's doing someone's course or reading up about things online, dedicate some time to understanding a little bit about SEO and learning some of the tweaks and changes you can do to optimize or add that strategy in. And honestly, when we talk about SEO in particular, there is so much stuff that you can do after you've started publishing blog posts. Like you can get started and then tweak that content. It does not have to be perfect first go. And That goes as well for, I think, for a lot of things around content strategies, you can refine them over time. I'm the perfect example of that. I've been doing that this whole time for two years. It's never going to be a perfect process. But imagine if you just waited until you had everything figured out and you just didn't do anything. That to me is is not going to get you anywhere. Updating an old post is just as valuable as writing something new. So there's so much benefit in getting started, maybe not doing the best straight away, maybe just cracking on and being imperfect with it, but getting that blog post up, learning as you go, optimizing and tweaking. I think overall that's going to put you further ahead than the person who waits until they have everything perfect to start because you have put that post up and like I've said earlier once it's up there and it's starting to you're building that snowball of traffic coming in it's better just to start honestly so that is the spotlight on blogging so let me just recap 
the the three ways that I think blogging is super powerful for your business still is that you can grow your audience through search. You can build your relationship and trust with potential customers and you can create a bank of content that's really easily repurposed across social media. So you're streamlining your content and marketing processes. So I would love to hear from you how you feel about blogging. Do you have a blog? Do you have a blog that you don't really have any time for at the moment? What's stopping you if that's the case? If you don't have a blog yet, why not? What's the hang up for you? Is there, is there a question that I can answer for you to help make it an easier process? I would love to have a conversation with you about this and you can get in touch with me on Instagram and we can have a conversation. Or if you have a specific question you want me to ask, if you are feeling like you can't start a blog yet because of something specific and you think that I could answer that question for you, there will be a link in the episode notes of this podcast in your podcast app where you can submit a question that I will answer on the podcast. You can keep it anonymous if you want, or if you want a little shout out, you can put your name and your Instagram handle in there and I will do my best to answer those questions. I really want this podcast to be as helpful as it can for you. So if you have a question, do not hesitate. There's no such thing as a silly question. Please, please, please ask away, fill out the form and I will do my best to answer. Next week, I'm going to be talking about podcasting. Yes, some of the reasons are going to be a little bit similar, but we're going to be talking about podcasting specifically and why I love it as a platform and some things to consider for it. As I said, this is probably really basic beginner stuff, or sometimes I think it is because I've been doing this for so long and I've been in content for so long. So I just wanted to really go back to basics And in future episodes, I would love to continue doing that sort of stuff if you're at the start of the journey. But also, like I said, ask me any questions if you want to build your audience more, if you want to take the next step. Um, I would love to answer those questions for you. But I just wanted to restart the podcast with some basic foundational things and then we can get deeper from there. So thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to chatting to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.